0: Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast would feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host, Remy Lelevic, speaks with Brett Starwin, the co-founder and creative director of Watu Moja. A nonprofit organization that focuses on the outreach in Kenya, the Gullah Geechee Nation in South Carolina, and Guatemala. Born in Virginia Beach, Mr. Starwood grew up in Pensacola, New Jersey, and is an author, poet, graphic designer, as well as a fan of anime. Enjoy.
1: So welcome back to Giglis. Our guest today is Reet Starwind. I don't know if that's his actual last name, but it's the only name I know him by.
2: <laughs> uh what's good people? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's the name that I go by. It's it's funny I talk to people and they ask for my last name. I'm like, if it's something legal, you'll you'll get that name. Anything else it's Reed Starwind.
1: So that's your artist, that's your that's how people can find you, is that's your artist name.
2: Indeed, my pen
1: name. That's uh, that's my Dr. Seuss. That's your Dr. Seuss. Well, great. So, um, as you know, Gigless is a podcast that is about highlighting people who lost their gigs during the COVID-19 pandemic. And today, Reet is a very interesting guest because he owns his own non-for-profit. And he's kind of a master planner. He's done a lot in the two years you're post-grad now?
2: Uh, yeah, two years.
1: You've done some incredible work. So if you want to go into that, like how the build up till now.
2: So um, like most people who come out of college fresh with a bachelor's degree, uh, life didn't immediately get better. Uh, we go and we do the thing that we're supposed to do. We find a nice office job, we're making a decent salary. And six months until we realized that we're miserable because that's not exactly the best environment for the human soul. So we ended up ditching that job. And in the process, or in the background of that, a good friend of mine, also Rutgers Camden graduate, again, De Merrill, I hit him up about hosting an art show. And he had already been wanting to host an art show. And so we hosted an art show. And it was great. Our first event was called Ujima. A little background about us really quick. Our nonprofit organization is called Watu Moja. It's a lot easier than it sounds, and it translates to one people in Swahili. And with that, we do community work in different African-American and Black communities across the world. So we visited the Gullah Nation, we've been to Kenya, and this past December we went to Guatemala. And everything we do is community-funded. and in South Jersey environment into these great celebrations of culture and creativity to raise the money for us to go abroad and do the things that we do.
1: Yeah, and that's great how you foster community not only in your local environment, but also in environments around the world. And I think that, you know, when I first met you, you were like, oh yeah, we did a whole basketball court in Kenya. And I was like, that's really cool that you're, you know, you're bringing, you're not, What I like about you guys as a non-for-profit is that you're not inflicting our Western culture on or Western American culture on other people's you know, around the world spaces. You're you're adapting to the environment and you're going from there. So can you talk a little bit more in depth about that process?
2: So Watsumoji began with Ayinde asking his father, uh, Pastor Tim Merrill. And Tim Merrill is, if anybody hasn't heard of this man, he's Camden's best kept secret. He's literally like a biblical figure living in modern times. And he's got friends and connections all over the world. Uh, Yende has this idea when he was in um, his teens about building some wells over in Africa somewhere. And the idea is spitballs, more people come and add to it. And Pastor Tim knows all these people. And eventually we find a connection in Kenya through a network, through church. And they're looking at it and they're talking about all the things that we could come over and do for the people. And everything was kind of like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's nice. But when we mentioned the basketball court for some reason, that really set them off. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let me, let me get one of those, actually. Because uh, it turns out the basketball court that we had built over there was the first of its kind in this entire extended area called Kibra. It's uh, called Africa's Biggest Slum. We don't like to call it that because uh, a friend of us told us while we were there, some people call this a slum, I call it home. And when you go there and you're with the locals and you're walking through the neighborhoods, it's just, it's something I've never seen anywhere else in the world before. These these people have a fraction of what we consider important over here in terms of facilities and technologies and stuff that they have in spades so much sense of community and hope, and it was just wonderful to be around that and to bring that energy back home to the States.
1: Absolutely. I think that um, when, like I said, I think that when you are able to adapt and recognize a culture instead of, um, you know, saying, how can I change this culture? You're not changing this culture. You're helping this culture. You're adding to this culture, and I think that that, that's just a beautiful thing. Um, So can you tell us about your recent, your most recent trip? I haven't seen what, I I saw that you guys were building something, but I didn't, but there was like that time difference, and I didn't know like what exactly it was, and then I saw pictures of flowers, so I got lost.
2: (laughs) So our recent trip to Galamal was actually a bit more of a learning trip. We had to go down there and hang out with some community leaders in another Rougher environment around there mm-hmm. to learn what successes and what challenges they've been facing. Because we eventually you realize when you're doing this kind of work that there are common issues and common, I don't want to say necessarily remedies, but techniques and viewpoints to approach your problems with.
1: What's that? So whenever so? we do, Sorry.
2: Um, you know, poverty and uh, corrupt government systems, the, the same fun stuff you see all over the world. Yeah. If you can find a corner in the world where there's a bunch of natural resources, I guarantee you some rich person is, like, doing the worst and exploiting the people, and we're just trying to embody the little men. The
1: yeah, little yeah, and what I, I really like about you guys, too, is that um there's been this theme that's been really coming, I mean, it's something that Indigenous people have always known, and people that are Indigenous to you know, lands countries and spaces is that they their way of life and their structure is more community based than it is necessarily like about it's just so it's like it's more focused on community than anything else you know so when everybody's like you know leaving especially I know in South America a lot of uh, of these indigenous and native places are being left by the younger people to go find work in the bigger cities like that's an issue so that's what I'm sorry for interjecting all this but that's what I was thinking and that's what again that's what I love about your non-for-profit is that you're able to perfectly adapt and grow within that space so how did you so where were you in Guatemala and what was your you know what was your mission what was the outcome of that trip
2: So um, what's great is, and to fuck with what you're saying about going and becoming part of the environment, and every trip that we've had,
0: we're never really just kind of going out there and getting a hotel and kind of figuring it out, having a list of things off Google to go and
2: do. We've had the blessing to, whenever we visit somewhere, we always go and we stay with someone who's a big part of the local community. So when we're there, we're able to live the way that they live. And our host family in Guatemala was wonderful. While we were there, we actually got to see most of the zones. The Guatemala city is broken down into sections called zones. And
0: each one has a different purpose. One of them is like their old city where it's got all the historical
2: information and tons of businesses and stuff. And then one zone is basically a gigantic cemetery. And we got to go through in and out all the zones and learn so much about Guatemalan culture and history and social dynamics, why people are treated the way they're treated. And it was just really enriching, actually. this information I don't think I' gotten anywhere else.
1: And so what did you think? What did you think about the cemetery? And just is for context for anybody else who like has just never met me or Reed. uh we went on a trip to Ireland. and the first thing that we did, <laughs> you you know where this is going. The first thing that oh, we man. did, the first uh, night, we went out to a cemetery. We went on a walk and we followed up a river. and then, We ended up at a cemetery, and we watched the sun go down from this giant cemetery because around the world, um, cemeteries are gathering places still, and you can freely walk about them. Whereas here, it's like, why would you want to go to a cemetery? So, and I know in South American culture, like, cemeteries are, like, really, like, nice places. They're well kept. They're, They're good for visiting. They're good for, you know, you can have a party on your grandma's grave, and it's still accepted, you know. So can you expl-
2: so tell me your graveyard story. <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, this graveyard wasn't as fun as the Ireland graveyard, but it was definitely fascinating. It was, first off, huge. I'm talking they have blocks and street signs for how big of this area is. It's kind of fenced off from the rest of the city. But once you get in there, it's like its own town, just with no living people. And the thing that blew our mind about the trip at uh, one point, in our guy, he showed us this one burial site. I have to send you a picture of it. It's one burial site that was like an Egyptian tomb. Yeah. Like all the imagery and it has like a glass ceiling and everything. And he's telling us like, yeah, this was the burial site of a wife of noblemen way back when. And we're like, okay, that's cool. He's like, yeah, she was obsessed with like Egyptology. So he made sure her tomb was nice and Egyptian style. And here right next to it are these mass civilian graves where you can rent your loved one's grave spot for six years at a time.
1: Oh, my God. So you have to – wow. So, yeah, in Buenos – well, in Buenos Aires, because I'm also half Argentinian as well as Cuban, um, they have this cemetery called the Recoleta Cemetery, and that in itself is like a little city. It's a little town. There's, like, signs. You you have a tour map. You can go and you can see – like coffins in these beautiful mausoleums and it's just like it's very interesting when you're a foreigner walking through that space so that's great and so you went to the different zones and did you guys um so going back to what you guys did as well so what was the outcome
2: um, so the outcome is actually kind of still in progress. One mm-hmm. of our ideas that we wanted to do was uh, we go to Guatemala and find out that in terms of values, they are still a very conservative country. And while we did see some very vibrant artwork, it's kind of been nooks and crannies. You just see some graffiti on the wall or outside of the store in a more like modern part of town. So what we want to do is try to bring our arts experience to Guatemala. We have a few artists in our mm-hmm. camp that are fluent in Spanish, so that they'd be able to present some work that the crowd down there could authentically buy into. Mm-hmm. And the plan is to fundraise again and take a trip down there and see if we can spread a little Watu Moji love uh, back in Guatemala.
1: Yeah, no, you guys have a, you guys had another art show recently, and it was at a brewing company <laughs> in Philadelphia, right?
2: Um, We, uh, I was actually, I got to organize some talent for a brewery in, in and Okay, is pretty cool.
1: sorry, the few yeah. words
2: everywhere <laughs> in
1: Pennsylvania. All, of them. all of them they're all across the river so so I want to talk about because we're talking this is gig list and now while you guys are trying to maintain your non-for-profit um, so what was it like in the upcoming weeks because I know that you're the master planner I know that you had a bunch of ideas and plans in the, in the back of your mind and you're giving me this face like oh no um <laughs> What was it, on a serious note, like, what was it like to, to to hear the rumors about this pandemic back in January and then where we are presently? Like, was that on anybody's radar, especially as a non-for-profit, like an international non-for-profit?
2: Uh, it's interesting, you know, because as, as people in the modern age who are connected to the news all the time, we're, we're supposed to die all the time, you know? Like, I think we've had, I think, four global scares since 2020 started, and it just so happened that the coronavirus one was, like, the most real deal and ended up having us uh, postpone our show and everything, yeah. and uh, my team, I, I can't take all of the credit, my team actually uh, does a lot of the work for the organization, and but with, with this being about our eighth show, we did, I think, one of, say, between six and seven different events that we either organized or hosted last year, we we felt comfortable coming into this one. We were, we're hearing about the Corona thing, but we're hearing that it's foreign and that it's only infecting people of a certain age group and all this stuff. So our plan is to proceed as usual. We want to try to bring these people together in a safe and responsible manner. And it was actually the week of, we were noticing that there were a couple events the night of our own. We were like, ah, it might affect traffic, but we're gonna proceed. We're gonna be okay. Like our whole mindset is always to give it our best shot and see what happens.
1: What was the date?
2: And then the week, uh, the week was uh, it would have been March fourteenth.
1: Okay, my dad's birthday, Pie Day, very good day. But we'll continue. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> what did you say?
2: It's a, it's, a, it's a great day all around. <laughs> um, and then we're noticing that week that more and more events are canceling. I think that was the week the NBA went, and that was big old domino that fell, because oh. everybody's like, ooh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of people to, to not be gathering, so what our mindset switched to, all right, look, we're going to get in real quick, we're going to have this show, we're going to sanitize everything, and that'll be like the last big social gathering, and then I think the day or two before, we hosted a poll on our Instagram account to ask people to vote, like, well, would you feel comfortable to say coming to our event, knowing about COVID and everything? It ended up being about fifty-fifty, sixty-forty on some polls, and then ultimately the venue we're hosting at, which is also a church, said, "Nah, we're we're gonna cancel the event. Well, we're gonna postpone the event and move church service to be online to be safe." So, ended up happening anyways, but
1: it was in a digital space. That- mhm. And as a digital well, studies major, because we're both Rutgers Camden alumni, as woo,
2: Rutgers Camden. <laughs>
1: For for the digital studies, how did you how did you feel about having to transition a very physical uh, space online?
2: Oh, so um, it was actually the the church had shifted theirs to online. We just opted to postpone our show, and so after the Corona craze is over, mm-hmm. uh, as much as I I do love face to face i it's a great FaceTime I'm having with you right now. I Miss you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our events are really on that whole cultural community space. Like, yeah. I remember having people walk into an event one time. I told them, like, yeah, we're having an art show. And somebody's like, okay, I'll stop by. And they walked in, and they're just surrounded by the music and the art and everything, all the people. And they're like, wow, this is this is really involved. Y'all really made something in here. And are like, yeah, this is, this is what we do. It's a very, so,
1: yeah, it's a very good space. I mean, I remember your show at the fireworks. I mean, I think that was mm-hmm. right after, I think that was either... I have that blur of post-grad thesis, that whole, um, that whole conjunction, (laughs) you know, so it's just, it's just a blur of my timeline, so sorry to my audience, but the fireworks is a place in Camden, it used to be an old firehouse, and now it's an art studio, and re-hosted an entire art show there, Um, and he was hoping to have that venue again in the future. But for right now, because everything's postponed, we don't know when that will happen next. Because the fireworks is a very popular venue, believe it or not.
2: Fireworks is cool. We actually, we had something planned there. We're, um, So, Watumoja was able to obtain a space within fireworks. One of the artist studios upstairs is like a little headquarters. And we were going to host the housewarming also in March. We are going to have art shows, like, hey, everybody, this is what we do, and then if you like us, come to our housewarming and so both of those are pushed off for a little bit but yeah. the mindset yeah. we're having with it, and I think it falls in line with our theme of the Global African community is, it's going to happen yeah. we're going to believe it's going to happen, we're going to put that energy forth into the universe, and we're sure that it will reciprocate down the road
1: Yeah, manifest positivity, because I think that's the only thing that we could do he's doing these, like these, these, these inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale with the, with the, uh, hands, which is a very, you're doing, are you Vedic, are you Vedic, are you Vedic <laughs> breathing?
2: <laughs> in, in my airbender on. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. And so what's another, so, so yeah, so you guys basically got called to get cut that day and then what so you you mentioned real quick that you had a bunch of other little shows that were in the works and they all got postponed too and so how are you and your partner do you guys are you guys going to take advantage of the digital space do you guys think that you're going to have like a giant you know um maybe like a giant you know orchestra zoom call something i've been seeing a lot of people do do these like concerts over zoom and skype and that's everything else
2: idea.
1: huh
2: that's a great idea thank you actually yeah we, um, every now and then we have these events where we would bring in some of our um artists uh most of the musicians and we'd have a taco tuesday so we'd gather up over in day's house and Make a bunch of food, and they have a bunch of instruments. His family's super musical, and we would just have these live jam sessions. So maybe a, a Taco Tuesday live stream to uh, yeah, to, some food. might be a good idea.
1: Yeah, to 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 definitely raise spirits, because I think that's what your non for profit really does, and what you as a person, as an artist, really do. You're really about raising people's spirits up, and like you know, getting everybody all together and I think that's a really beautiful talent so um another thing is so we're talking about you know your pre. we're talking about the present and we're talking about the past is there anything like any other projects other than Watu Moja that you've done in the past that you want to elaborate on and you know gigs that you were were you planning to have any other gigs other than Watu Moja or were you full-on Watu Moja?
2: I'm um, not really sure if it counts as a gig but back in October for my birthday I decided that I wanted to do a 70s themed skate roller skating birthday party.
1: That was and, uh, so cool.
2: <laughs> yo, I'm just I am so ecstatic to this day that people like bought into it. Some I wanted outfits. to
1: go but it's three hours away from me but I wanted to really go. <laughs> hey,
2: well, look so I bring it up because once the weather breaks and everything, and I have a little bit of money in my pocket. I plan on doing a second one, and Ooh. I want everyone and their mom to be there. So, yeah, it uh, was a if 70s. It, And if you've ever wanted to go live out your roller disco dream, I will bring it to life for you. Hopefully, this summer, as soon as the whole pandemic closes.
1: Yeah, it was a great, it was a great thing. All these people went to a thrift store, and then they went to Reed's birthday party, and they lived out their disco life. There were froze. There were were hippie headbands. There was a clash of collaboration and color. And that's just an example for our listeners of how collaborative and inspiring this man is. Because he just brings it all together and he's able to, you know, get people's creative sides out. Because I remember seeing on one of your posts um, that you had, like this was one of your written posts. Because he, mm-hmm. he puts statuses up that are very in-depth because um, you're also a storyteller. Yes. Um, you you said that someone from the African-American community down in South Jersey approached you and they said that it, this, this kind of cultural art space was the first that they've ever, one, felt welcomed in, and two, it was their first ever gallery. Mm. So you create that space, that talent, to create an open space. And I think that a lot of people, they really don't see that like open spaces and welcoming spaces for all, you have to approach it from an angle. So, uh, so let's elaborate. How do you approach it from that angle? Because that per- that was such a moving post. They said that, you know, you, you made such an open and welcoming environment for someone that was like from a level of disparity as them. And I say disparity, like they're not in the art scene because we have a very you know I feel like the arts like a lot like i like i said I said this in episode one, the arts a lot of people still think that it's selective and very you know closed off, but there are like you know people of color, women of color um making these different spaces and welcoming them all I've been in the last like five years I've seen a lot of POC be doing a lot of like really cool gallery works in Newark in South Jersey I've been in South Jersey so I've been seeing a lot more of it in South Jersey and in Brooklyn and up in Newburgh and just all these Newburgh's in New York for context but all these different um things and now he's like touching his heart (laughs) but um (laughs) and I and and these are like the official titles you know if anybody wanted to like slap things on a resume but how did you approach that like was it a day-by-day thing or did you say like you know did you wake up one day like I want to bring people together
2: um I think more so the latter the whole Guatimoja art show series began during Kwanzaa, if I want to say, what was that, 2018? Mm-hmm. And one day one of uh, Kwanzaa is Ujamaa, which is Cooperative Economics. And which day? I want to say it's the fourth day, which would make it the 29th.
1: So the fourth yeah. day of Kwanzaa. So, so people who don't know what Kwanzaa is, because it's very popular in the African-American community, but it's not necessarily, you know... um,
2: It ain't Christmas.
1: Yeah, it ain't Christmas. And then I know, like, because half my family's Jewish, y'all got, like, a menorah of your own. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. each day... But each day is a different symbol of something, whereas in Mm -hmm. Judaism, it's each day that the candle was able to burn. So could you go... I know that one day is Nia, and that's, like, creation... Mm -hmm. And you were talking about all these different themes. So if you could elaborate for our audience and make them experience digital podcast (laughs) Kwanzaa.
2: So unfortunately, I don't think I have all the names in my brain off the top of my head. But the idea of Kwanzaa is that each of these seven days represents a different principle that you can embody within your community, whether that be your household or something larger. And the one that... Our art show started with again was Ujima, which means cooperative economics. And that means to spend your money within your own local environment. And that's what inspired the first art show. It's like, well, hey, we know a bunch of people who make some crafts and vendors, but they're kind of just scattered. We could create a centralized place where we could bring in these artists artists and these crafters and they could all dig into each other's pockets. And that's why we always try to host one. Towards the beginning of the next year, because it's tax season, so everyone has a little bit of money and they can spend on something. And it's like, all right, well, why not enrich each other and enrich ourselves?
1: Excellent.
2: The one that was Kumba, which is creativity. So, again. Oh my god, it
1: was famous. Nia. I'm so sorry. I take <laughs> that back.
2: <laughs> Nia is, um, Nia's Faith. Okay. And Nia's the one that comes right after. No way. Nia is purpose. Imani is Faith. Yeah. Cool. So then. We just, we tie the themes into the show. So cool was probably, like, our most jamming one, had super colorful, the energy was, like, through the roof. And then at Mia, which was Purpose, was really cool. We got to host it in the Cherry Hill Mall. And our headliner, a good friend of mine, is from Cherry Hill, graduated Cherry Hill West High School and everything. So for him to come out and headline that event was really cool. Like, this, this is him living in his purpose.
1: That's, there's such good acoustics in there. So I bet that the whole mall heard that show. Oh,
2: yeah. Um, they were not the biggest fans of us that night because we, we were in there jamming. Because we, we get down. We bring a whole band where we go. and We have all sorts of performers and stuff. But, like, look, we pay for space. We can come in here and do what we got to do. Y'all y'all can say what you have to say. We're, we're, we're putting on a show tonight.
1: That would be so cool. If I came out and from shopping and there was, like, a giant party, I'd be like, yeah, let's get it but but then again like latin growing up with latin music it's like oh uh, you're gonna dance no matter what so you know you might as well enjoy it you know just have a little dance have a little shake in your day each day you know so so
2: i can't see these webcam dance moves but i i guarantee you they're intense
1: <laughs> don't sue me anthony <laughs> Don't sue me, Mark Anthony. But um, definitely. So oh, I so that's like beautiful that you have these enriching events and things with community. I think that that's such a good highlight because now, at least in the Philadelphia sense, for designers and artists, it's all about uh you know bringing together community. But I think that you're doing it in the sense that everyone is welcome into that community. Not necessarily, oh, come to our gallery because you're going to buy, you know, something. Come to our gallery so you can experience local art, you know, from local people who not didn't necessarily go to art school, but have uh-huh. talent because, you know, um I think that giving access to the to people that didn't have access is a duty and a responsibility to those who hold degrees like ours. So, yeah. And my one of my last questions, uh, is okay. what do you hope for coming out of this? Hmm. I just
2: hope to be able to bring people together again especially with the way life is right now and everyone's all cooped up in their houses. I tell you, the, the moment we're able to bring all these people into this room again and there's music and there's dancing and there's all this artwork and there's just this spirit of unity and love and joy, it's going to be insane, especially if it's the summertime, by then, because we might try to switch it up and do something outside. I don't know. Cookout? out. Oh. Listen,
1: block party that cookout is
2: thing. that is its own thing look we have a lot planned so we're really just hoping like we can get this cure for corona so we can get back to doing what we're doing because it is a massive joy in my life to be able to put all these smiles on faces and just be part of something bigger than myself
1: yeah i think that that's that's so that's like such a great thing for an artist to have is just wanting to bring together community because i think that that's just that's just something special that you don't necessarily see in a lot of, like, well, I don't want to say in a lot of creative people, but that's not something that you necessarily see. Not every single person that's an artist is going to be someone who can, you know, have the talent to, cre- to create a big event. Like, it's a lot of organizational skills. It's a lot of internal, you know, fighting the thing that the internal voice is saying that you can't do it, you know? um, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, what do you want to say to our audience? Like, who's someone that you want the audience to go and search? Like, who's someone who's inspired you? And they don't have to necessarily be a famous person, but they can be someone that they can go online, they can find out about this person. And, you know, they can see kind of where you get your your vibe from where you get your direction. That I'm sorry if that's a very loaded
2: question. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not like to anything the answer is loaded because it's like, ah, if you want to be like me, just go watch like a whole bunch of anime. That's really where I took most of this stuff. So,
1: what are the animes?
2: Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's that's a good uh, so if you're stuck in the house for Corona and you're looking for some inspiration, uh, please go watch an anime called Goran Lagan. If you go and watch it. Goran Lagan, make sure when we post this, I'll have the names for these things written somewhere so you can spell them right. You will feel like you can move a mountain with your bare hands. You will feel so much motivation and inspiration to go and accomplish the thing that you want and to become your best self. And uh, we'll probably have to do a separate podcast for anime recommendations so I can go all day. So I'm going to leave it there for now. So Goran Lagan. Goran Lagan, yes.
1: Is there an English translation?
2: Absolutely. I'm one of those people that like gets up and eats while I'm watching something. So I, I need the English dub and it's a good dub for the people who don't like dubs.
1: And is, is the, but is the name, is there another version of the name or is it just Goran Lagan?
2: Oh. Goran Lagan, G-U-R-R-E-N space L-A-G-G-A-N.
1: Well, we'll really definitely, true. yeah, we'll definitely put that in the show notes. And is there anywhere that our audience can reach you?
2: Um, yes, yeah, so you can follow me and my antics over at uh, Mr. Starwind on Instagram. So that's uh, Instagram.com slash M-R-S-T-A-R-W-I-N-D. Uh, I'm also on Spotify. If anybody needs some music to listen to, I curate playlists for different moods and stuff. Again, Mr. Starwind. Or if you just want to be my Facebook friend and see how my mom comments on my posts, I'm Reed Starwind on Facebook.
1: She's so, so wholesome. But yeah, I'm so happy to see that you're hopeful and that you are inspired and you just want to foster community and that you're going to experiment with fostering community and over the digital space like everybody put on VR masks. But yeah, no, that's definitely something to look forward to. So again, we're going to put Reet's information or Mr. Starwins' information in our oh, show notes. Yes, in our show notes, and then you guys can follow him from there. So, Reet, thank you so much for coming on to GigList. I hope that, you know, as soon as this whole thing is done, you can get a gig. Woo-hoo! This has to... this has been GigList. You can exit us out with one of those, like, those little Giglist the thing that you did. Thank you for tuning
2: in to GigList. Stay tuned for more content.
1: Thanks for listening. Stay posted for episode three, coming
0: soon. Thank you for listening to the Giglist Podcast, hosted by Remy Levivik and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used in our intro and outro is Beachwalk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at giglist Podcast and at our website, gigglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There, you can find out more about the artist, contact the host and producer, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.